Long ago in a galaxy not so far away, a podcast was born to explore all facets of the phenomenon that is Star Wars. Join your host, John Tolley, as he and his panel explore the stars here on War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is Joe McTolley, back from a vacation from Nar Shaddaa. Uh, and joining me today, as always, is Mr. Ray Rumsey and Mr. Joe Cahill. Fellas, how are you today? Doing Excellent. good, doing good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, before we get started on our main topic... Uh, a little bit of news just came my way. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but according to makingstarwars.net, uh, and this comes directly from Disney, they have, hold on, let me, uh, announced th- the new trilogy, a new trilogy being filmed. And let me, I had it up here, ready to go. Let me just find it again. All right. Right now, from what they're saying, they're kind of keeping it, Disney's keeping it close to the vest as to what the series, the movies will be about. But a it says, meanwhile, a trio of Star Wars movies will debut around Christmas every year, starting around 2023. The first of three films will launch on December 22nd, 2023, and two follow-ups will hit in theaters on December 19th, 2025, and December 17th, 2027. The studio has kept its cards close to ch- to its chest about what these films will entail. So, guys, uh, I think it looks like it's pretty looks like it's kind of official now. We're going to be getting a new trilogy. Cool. Yeah. Um, no idea as to right now as to like I said, they're just kind of keeping it close to as to what the movies will be about and um, directors and any stuff like that and who's going to be writing it. So. Hmm. Um, Episode 10, Revenge of the Metachlorians. <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> Rise of Jar Jar? Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I hope that it's good. You know. The... Yeah. Now, would you rather see them go forward and do something... Uh, in the like in the future, uh, like past the past the sequels, or would you rather see them go back in time and do maybe a Old Republic trilogy? Mm. Well, it would be easier to do the past. Yeah, as far as storylines. Yeah, uh, since very little is set up about the future, what happens? Mm-hmm. Since, but at since the same legends time, went away. at the same time, because so little is set is said about the future it's almost a empty canvas it's almost a blank canvas that you can because people already have set i think because star wars fans already have certain things set in their mind about what the old republic should be and how those movies should be set that you risk alienating even more fans if you don't do exactly what that certain subset of fans wants you to do with the old republic like if you don't do Revan with the old Republic, you're going to have a lot of fans very, very ticked off. Um, I think, though, with a set, let's say, even, you know, 50 years into the future after the end of um, 
Rise of Skywalker. If you do it that far in the future, you have a completely blank canvas mm-hmm. um, to to play with, and you can right, kind of which set up also, your own. But it could also lead to the. It doesn't feel like Star Wars anymore. This is true. This is if true. They go, if they go too far and, ooh, so you made a kind of a space opera and you slapped the name on it, but it really is nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you do that, you have to have, I think there are certain things that you have to have with any Star Wars movie. Um, and I think Solo was the only one that didn't have one of these things, but it still felt like a Star Wars movie because you still had... Um, aspects that were were kind of recognizable to to people with you know the empire and you know the tie fighters and the ships and the some of the you know the things i think you have to have lightsabers um, oh absolutely you got to have some, some kind of, of yeah, some yeah. kind of a jedi lightsaber thing yeah um you know I, like i said solo kind of got away with it um but even they had at least one scene with a lightsaber um Albeit it was a post-credit scene, but still. <laughs> I mean, my only thing is, and I know they won't, but I wish they would. They can go either direction. I'm not really, I'm impartial either way. They can go forward or back. But I really wish that they would take some cues from the EU mm-hmm. and not just I make do. it up from scratch. Yeah. Because we see too. how that went. Yeah. Yeah. So I think bringing in, I mean, even if they really just made three, like made a whole new trilogy based off of one of the books, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And just make it a trilogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't don't come back later and try to prequel it or sequel it. You know, make it mm-hmm. a good standalone series of yeah. three. Yeah. I totally agree, I agree with that. And I want to say we touched on that on last week's episode how. We would re- what we would really like to see in terms of a movie or a, a new book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just a just a little mention, you know, of a few things we'd like to see in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, it's it's very rare that something like that happens. I I just I don't think that they're really going to follow the EU too closely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of. I'm hoping they kind of do what they start, what look like they were starting to do, where they're taking those bits and pieces from the EU that, like they did that, they did it with Thrawn. Um, I think Thrawn was their biggest success with using the old EU, and you know they kind of took what worked, threw out what didn't, and you got an amazing character, amazing character with Thrawn in the in the new in the new canon. Um, and really didn't take anything away from what made Thrawn so popular in the in the um, in Legends in the old EU. So I don't know if it was just something that they thought, well, that was lightning in a bottle. We'll never do that again. And so they didn't, or you know, I don't know. No, yeah, I guess only time will tell, and hopefully we don't see the Emperor again. That, that's, oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I know love... I know Joe's rooting for it, but. No, 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 not necessarily the emperor, the empire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I you, mean, there's gonna, love, there has to be a, another quote unquote empire because that's just yeah. what ties the trilogies together. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love, I love the Senate, but you know, it's <laughs> they were useless. En- enough is enough. 
No, no, no. The Senate, not the Senate. The Senate. I am the Senate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, hopefully uh, anyway. he just stays gone this time. Yeah. All righty then. Um, so moving on to our main topic for the night. Um, to say that Star Wars has had a huge impact on popular culture, I think would be an understatement the size of the Death Star. I I mean, would you guys agree that that that's, would be a pretty that small? big? Uh, <laughs> eh, I, okay, okay. As big as the gas giant of Bespin. There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything from even the way we view movies, blockbusters today can be traced to Star Wars. Um, just major, major effect on on pop culture and really I think set what pop culture is. I think we can kind of look at and see what quote unquote pop culture as far as it goes with the comic book culture, the sci-fi culture, the superhero culture, the you know quote unquote nerd culture, that all goes back to Star Wars. Um, it kind of set the groundwork and set the set the stage for what we have today. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. Well, guys, that was a great show. <laughs> yeah. All right. See y'all next week. No. Yeah. We'd have to give some credit still to uh, a TV series that came out before that. Mm. That actually, you know, Earth kicked Final off Conflict? things like. Yeah, of course. No, that came <laughs> yeah. out after. Um, <clears throat> you know, good old Star Trek. Yes. Which had yeah, of kicked course. off and had a lot of influence on Star Wars' success and yeah. getting Star Trek back into being a big, huge deal. As well, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's you know, those... we didn't have Star Wars, we wouldn't have got the Star Trek movies. This yeah. is true. This and is it's true. almost and... like if we didn't have Star Trek the series, we might not have gotten a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. They definitely kind of uh, played off each other, even though in many ways they are completely different. Um, you know, Star Trek is very much classic science fiction. Um, you know, in in Cerebral. its purest in its purest form of right. uh, you know where. Everything is in the future and very science based and very tech based and you know t- you know all the techno babble, whereas Star Wars was as many people have pointed out was space opera and much more fantasy based than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but they still you know kind of have their overlaps of you know both taking place in space and. Um, starships and spaceships yeah starships spaceships space battles um stuff like that but yeah i mean obviously um without you know without roddenberry there probably would have not been a lucas so yep or nobody would have even you know given him a shot oh no yeah and very i mean it was lucky that someone did give him a shot yeah i I mean and 20th century fox barely gave him any money yeah Uh, but by giving him the distribution that and was that's huge. and that was where I think you know modern pop culture really got started because Star Wars was the first you know franchise to really benefit from from that from distri- from the distribution and the um, all the toys and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that just they, the full marketing. Yeah, they were the first one to use the marketing to its fullest extent, and 
you know, to really show that these type of movies can be a success and can be. And they gave us, I mean, you know, household names. You know, you can talk to anybody on the street, probably anywhere in the world outside of, you know, the jungles of New Guinea somewhere. And maybe even there, I don't know. And, and that's a disclaimer. Show, we have nothing against the people of New Guinea. No, we do not. <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for myself. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know about Ray. Ray might, you know, Ray, you know, he looks like he's got something against New Guinea people. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I've never I'm, even, I've never been there. Can't say. Okay. No, never. Um, but they're, you show them a picture of Darth Vader and they're probably going to know who that is. Mm-hmm. Well, whether they've choice too. Yeah. I mean, whether they've seen Star Wars or not, pretty much everyone in the world, you know, you at, you say, name a character from Star Wars. They're going to say, oh, Darth Vader. Or they're going to know, you know, I am your father. Right. Uh, they may get the line wrong, but they still know that, that line. And they knew, oh, yes, Luke, I'm your father. You know, um, use the, you know, they'll probably know, use the force and stuff like that. So those yep. Characters have become so ingrained. That's I think that's how you can tell when a movie or a character transcends just normal everyday. Oh, this is a popular movie. When even people who have never seen those movies know who those people are. You know, there's certain characters throughout any type of pop culture that you know kind of transcend that. You know, I think um, if you were to now, it's been a few years uh, since he was active but i think if you were to say especially to someone of me and raised age and probably joe's age too name a basketball player most people are probably gonna say oh michael jordan even if they've never watched a basketball game in their life they know who michael jordan is Mm -hmm. um you know same with wrestling back in the 80s you know never seen wrestling people know who hulk hogan was people know who darth vader was i think those kind of care those kind of people those kind of characters are kind of transcend you know modern culture and you know to be beyond just what they are in their own world right if that makes any sense oh absolutely you know they're beyond um well we we'd mentioned it before in other shows you got um like nobody even knew what an ewok was or what their names were i should say until the mm-hmm. toys came out like I know Star well, Wars was proof positive that merchandising was the way to go. And I mean, yeah, the prequels alone, the deal that they made with PepsiCo. I mean, that was like two billion dollars. Yeah. So, that they, was, yeah, it was huge. Well, and yeah. they did it the right way. Um, mm-hmm. They were the first mass merchandising. They yeah. it was directly related to the movies. Yeah. Um, you know. Roddenberry had tried, but 90% of the stuff that came out had absolutely nothing really to do with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Star Trek space helmet with the red light that blinks on top. Yes, that with Spock uh, written on it. Yeah, yeah, it had Spock written on it. Uh, you know, just that kind of thing. He was just trying to market the name only, not not any true Star Trek products. Mm-hmm. And that cost, yeah. I think that cost a lot of money in the end. Yeah. You did uh, you yeah, know. I mean, these were things that were actually you could see that were in the movie. You know, you could play with things that, oh, you know, I remember I had a cousin who had the um, Jabba's Palace. And you were playing with 
the actual, you know, what looked like, oh, you watched, you know, Return of the Jedi and you can see, oh yeah, I remember that in Jabba's palace. I remember, you know, the 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 little couch thing he sat on and everything like that. So fall down the rancor pit. <laughs> yeah. The little shoot. <laughs> I mean you could but, yeah. like the the whole thing was with the toys was that you could recreate your scenes. You could yes. have them be however you wanted them to be. And yes. I think that definitely up, really caught people's attention. Oh yeah, definitely. And then and make you know make your own story and I forget yeah. where they I forget where they sent them, but when uh, you know they made a, a brilliant move by sending Mark Hamill to that convention. What was that? Um, oh my gosh, Minnesota maybe? I don't know. They they sent him to a convention with a slideshow in '76 mm. maybe. I don't remember the exact details, but anyway, he went to the slideshow before the movie came out. He went to this convention with a slideshow, and it was an already established sci-fi convention. And the people just ate it up. And when the movie went to to actually open, there was lines like around blocks and stuff Mm -hmm. because they had done such a good job of hyping this movie up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They flooded the television with with the uh, trailers, and I, I don't recall ever seeing that many trailers even nowadays. Yeah. On on television. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes. Okay, you go to the theater, you see some trailers before the film. Uh, it was every time you turned around, it was you know, the Star Wars is up on the television showing you scenes, mm-hmm. and it just totally hyped us up back in '77. Nice. Oh, all that. <laughs> and then Star Wars was also the first, I don't remember if it was like the first movie of the trilogies or just the trilogies in general, but it was like the first of its kind to do a sequel of a successful movie. So when yeah. other, it, that directly influenced other, like Rambo and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like the people were more inclined to go see a sequel because mm-hmm. like, whoa, look what happened with, with star Wars. Like the, the, the sequel was great. It was phenomenal. I had to go check it out. And so you had that. And I mean, we still see that today. How many times do production companies want to do a reboot or a sequel? I mean, it, it happens all the time today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we, I think Joe mentioned it before, you know, before this time, you know, sequels were, movies with sequels were mostly just low budget horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, for, for this not only to be a, a, a successful sequel, but in all honesty, probably a superior sequel to the original, that was something else. You know, usually the sequels weren't as good as the original. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and this is a case where... Yeah, financial not only was, success was not there either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the financial success was, was huge. Yeah, not only was the sex successful financially and at the box office, but you can argue that just overall, you know, Empire was a better movie Yeah. than A New Hope. A new what? Star Wars, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, what other movies can you think of had that kind of staying power? I mean, after the trilogy came out, you had authors go nuts for it, and they just yeah. wrote and wrote and wrote. And okay, we have that happen these days with 
you know, Twilight and Harry Potter and things like that. But yeah, I mean, look at how far it it's still going today. You've got, I mean, they came out well, with Spaceballs, and then there was the Lego movies that were based off of it. Yeah, they went back and and did Clone Wars. They've got Family Guy. I mean, even Weird Al was making songs based off of this. Yeah. Well, I think, and you, you just mentioned something that kind of I just maybe think is you know. When you talked about like Twilight and um, Harry Potter, those were instances of literary works being turned into movies. I think Star Wars is the first time when you have a movie being turned into literary works where you have a series of I think Star Trek you can you can say that too because they wrote a bunch there've been a ton of Star Star Trek books, but mm-hmm. I, I think with Star Wars that was the first time you had a successful movie franchise that was suddenly turned into a successful literary franchise. And you could argue that the literary franchise was just as successful as the movie franchise, if not maybe more. Right, because you never hear um, how much that made for for the franchise. No. Uh, I mean, you know it made some authors very famous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Timothy Zahn. uh, Timothy Zahn, you know... uh, couple of others and kevin j anderson i can think of and yeah if, if i was in the other room i could tell you a whole lot of them um <laughs> yeah but it is amazing you know it was basically the reverse of the standard formula of the time mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. you know take a novel turn it into a movie not take a movie turn it into a novel a novel yeah and then not have everybody else jump on the bandwagon to expand your universe for you yeah right which is well, I mean, and look at the formula they started. You you said with the trilogies, you know, look at the formula they started with that, with movies being done in threes and in uh, multiple movies. You know, I think the Indiana Jones movies, um, initially a trilogy. Jaws, although Jaws did have more than just three, but I, I think the first three you can say are probably some of the best. But personal opinion, uh, Jurassic Park. Um, was they kind of basically did the same thing that Star Wars did. Do an initial trilogy, then wait, then do another trilogy. Yeah. Right. With the Jurassic World uh, movies, which they think they're planning on doing another one. But uh, that kind of formula, they just kind of started that whole that whole thing of doing multiple movies and setting up world building. Right, which is where I would have to give Star Wars the credit for the Marvel Universe than taking it one step further. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and doing a decades long, you know, 20 yeah. movies of one, basically a straight storyline going up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one thing where Marvel di- was different than what Star Wars, because I, I think that we got our origin stories before we got uh, our universe. Yeah. Which was very well, helpful. Well, and I think I think with with Marvel is. I think after they saw the success of Iron Man and then they got Kevin Feige in, they kind of knew ahead of time. They had everything set up way ahead of time as to what was going to happen and how it was all going to plan out and the whole storyline. I don't know how much, especially with the original trilogy, that Lucas had planned out from start to finish. I don't know how much of that world was already in how much he went back and said, like, okay, I'll kind of, you know, redo this. Or, you know, when he came up with, like, all of the concepts for everything. You know, I don't know when that exactly happened. I, I think he had quite a good idea in his head. Um, like I said, when I was yeah. a kid, getting to talk to him 
at his godmother's house. Uh, you know, we're talking, this is 77, 78, and I'm hearing the story of the, the fight in the volcano Oh, from him. Oh. Uh, so can I, can I, I think right he had now? quite a bit. Yeah, I got a thick. Can I just say it right now? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but but there were like yeah, some the back details. Of her recipe card. Joe, may the force be with you, George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I there's some details though that he didn't know. I mean, you watch episode four, and you could tell that during that time, Vader wasn't intended to be Luke's father just by the dialogue. Yeah. So like that did kind of change but i think the overall story and his universe i think he already knew he handled that well with that one jedi tenant about truths (laughs) Mm. yeah true yeah from a certain point of view (laughs) yes yeah killed your father anakin skywalker so in a certain point of view you (laughs) yeah yeah sure it is there will be one (laughs) And also, you know, Star Wars became so popular. I mean, we're talking its influence on pulp, pop culture. You had, like, uh, what's floating around today? You've got people that are still doing cosplay from the original trilogy. You've got yeah. the 501st Legion, who is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're even in The Mandalorian. You've yeah. got just Every convention you go to, you're guaranteed to see at least one Star Wars reference. Right. And it was the marketing and merchandising was not just focused. It wasn't mm-hmm. toys. Yeah. It was books. It was toys. It was clothing lines. It was bedding. Um, you know, if you could think of it, it was it's, it got used in, in Star Wars merchandising. Mm-hmm. Um, vinyl. The, the records yeah. were out everywhere. The, the soundtracks, you know. I don't recall a whole lot of movies putting their soundtracks out on vinyl back in the day until after Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Then suddenly they started popping up everywhere. Well, wow. even even today you can tell its impact because you can see somebody. I've had this happen a lot of times where I'll see somebody with a Star Wars shirt on and I'll make a comment. You know, I'll say like, hello there or made the, you know something about that. And they're like, oh, I just like the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a cool, you know, it's just like, that's another way you can tell that it's kind of transcended when you have people that wear the shirt just because, hey, look at the logo. Yeah, it's a cool shirt. It's a cool shirt. It's got Baby Yoda on it. You're right. <laughs> well, I mean, Tom Tom put a, a Star Wars voices option on the GPS. So <laughs> how many people... Yeah. Nice. Like, how many people just kind of like... Oh, I just like the voice. I have no idea what it's in reference to. I just like the way it sounds. You know what I mean? Turn left in 500 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't they're not thinking, "Oh, that's Darth Vader." They're thinking, "Oh, that's James Earl Jones. That's the guy from the Sandlot." <laughs> yeah. At exit 43. You know? Uh, and then that would be bad. You couldn't use Yoda though; he'd be getting you backwards everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. you'd be like, "Ah, oh, stop telling me in reverse what, order." What was it? What was the meme? The meme I saw about the um, uh, the baby Yoda one. It said, "I can't wait to hear baby Yoda's second word and then his first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then of course you had the the gigantic like culmination, the start of it all with everybody actually turning 
being a Jedi into an actual religion. Yes. You know, yes. I did a little uh, Google searching on that before the show, and the uh, one stat that just kind of jumped out, and it was like, you know, the first thing that I saw, it was in uh, 2001 for the UK. Uh, they did a census and like something like 390,000 people claimed Jedi as their religion. And that because of that, like within the census numbers, it made it the uh, fourth largest religion in the country. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. It's like, wow. And imagine that was in 2001. So it, it's been 19 years. I bet you those numbers have just have grown. Yeah, just multiplied big yeah. time. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's actually, I guess you, you say, you know, formed into a, a serious religion to some people. Yeah. Uh, you know, organized. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, organized. Which a lot of the Jedi philosophies, I think, would be all right, you know, as, as a uh, Buddhist-like religion. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean... I don't, I feel like that's about as far as it can go. Cause if people were actually able to use the force, I think we would uh, hear a lot more about it. Yeah. And I think Joe and I have talked about this before that there would be a lot more Sith running around or, or at least gray Jedi, because I know if I had access to the force, I wouldn't be a goody two shoes with it. I oh, would no. definitely be using it for my own gains. Oh yes, of course I would be yeah. a good guy and <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Future emperor. You're going to like all of my films. <laughs> yeah. You will give me a billion dollars in for this movie. Yes, of course you will. Right. Thank so, you, very I, much. you know, going back to what you said in the very beginning, like the influence that Star Wars had on pop pop culture is just wow. Like it has just so greatly influenced everything that it's still doing it today after decades. Well, well I think where it's seen it's some of its biggest influence and its influence that I think sometimes can get overshadowed when you look at like all the merchandise and the movies and stuff like that. And I like to compare it to Star Trek. Um, in this in this way, when you look at the you know, impact that Star Trek had, um, the biggest impact it had with a certain group of people were the scientists. You can talk to all kinds of scientists, engineers who were influenced by seeing Scotty working on the Enterprise or they, you know, doctors who saw Dr. McCoy, uh, things like that. Scientists that were really impact. Leonard Nimoy getting the actual scientific papers sent to him to review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, he would just respond back with, "I think you have something interesting there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but where Star Wars had its biggest influence was with special effects. Oh with yeah. People that are in the effects business today, you know, directors, producers, people like that. That's where Star Wars had its biggest impact. Was in, I mean. Literally, I think literally almost every special effect that we have today can trace its origins in some way to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some before, but a lot of them came from Star Wars. And, um, you know, how many movies do we see now where special effects and you see the industrial light magic or 
LucasArts, you know, Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, but really ILM, that's, I mean, that was the big, big thing that I think that came out as far as special effects that came out of Star Wars was the birth of industrial light and magic. Right. Yep. I was reading somewhere that uh, were, it not, were it not for Star Wars, the special effects in Lord of the Rings wouldn't be a thing. No. Oh, no. Scary. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I mean, even beyond pop culture, it even affected like politics and stuff. I mean, there mm-hmm. was oh, like the, all... the Star Wars anti-missile program. Yeah. And satellite defenses. and Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, oh, geez. Uh, strategic defense initiative. Defense was initiative? That it? Yeah. yeah. By yeah. Reagan. And there, all of yeah. those critics were calling it Star Wars. Like, <laughs> yeah. That he even picked up on it. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I he I think he even called the Soviet Union at one point. He called them the evil empire. Evil empire. Yes. Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure that's a, a a direct name straight out of the initial scrawl. <laughs> yeah, the evil galactic empire. So, but I mean, we're still <sighs> we're still working on that today, though. <laughs> With satellites, sorry, in space. sorry, we, sorry. Hold on, we just offended our resident imperial propagandist here by referring to it as the evil empire. Uh, <laughs> uh, apology, I was, we were apology just, we were just saying what the opening scrawl was saying. We weren't saying that we ourselves view the empire as evil. We do, but right. you know, we just. Hey. Um, I'm j- what? what you know. It, the the misunderstood empire doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. <laughs> not just evil be, just misunderstood it should just be the most imperial empire or <laughs> the most benevolent empire in history <laughs> it, it it look there was a war on after the rebels man before that galaxy was at peace when it was just the empire running things it was peaceful mm-hmm. sure yeah sure where okay you <laughs> point out a war oh there was the no Rebel war Alliance. There you go. Uh, definitely. Well, was there though? I mean, well, well, you did have the the first. You did have the um in the new canon. You do have the first one that pops up is the um the uprising on. I can't think of the planet. It's the planet with the twilix. The twilix. Oh, uh, Ryloth. Ryloth. There's the uh, the Ryloth uprising, and then you have uprisings on Kashyyyk. I think Solist too. Um, I mean, there's always start. there's always those pesky uprisings. rebels. They, they were they were political differences, <laughs> and the empire settled those differences. All I'm saying is, both sides need weapons to fight each other. Somebody's got to provide those weapons, and you know, <laughs> that's my gray buddy. <laughs> somebody's got to profit from this. <laughs> That's where I Mark's fall. Like, Mark's like, how much did you guys talk off air last week? <laughs> <laughs> that that's my view on things. I just kind of I'm I'm fairly yeah, neutral in both. Yeah, you're Swiss, you're the Switzerland of the galaxy. <laughs> that's a very interesting way to put it. <laughs> so he provides mercenaries to the Jedi Temple. Right, right. Now, if uh, somebody were to come along and grease their palms a little bit more heavily, uh, I can't guarantee what they might do, 
But... I let the 501st through the front doors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you got just enough saying. credits, it'll get you anywhere. Well, it obviously did. <laughs> Sorry, younglings. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Star Wars is just a, a crazy place. It is. And the fact that we can sit here and have an entire podcast about it. <laughs> Weekly. And Weekly, yeah, and still find things to talk about. My mom asked me all the time, uh, "How do you find stuff to talk about?" And like, it's easy. There's just so much, <laughs> and it seems like every episode we just barely scratch the surface. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, so much more we can. We could do we, one of these topics we usually pick every week. We could probably do two or three weeks in a row easily. Oh yeah, this, you know, just continue on. Uh, you know, it's more fun to keep switching around and yeah. coming up with a new topic every week, mm-hmm. but easily continue. I mean, we've been having these same conversations since 77. We have. <laughs> right. I we mean, have. look, that's another proof positive right there that, that this podcast exists and it wouldn't if it weren't for Star Wars, the original trilogy, which was exactly decades ago. I mean, we're still yeah. we're, Star Wars still yeah. alive and kicking. Yeah, don't remind yep. me how many decades ago it was. <laughs> oh, you're probably a clone of a clone or something. Mm. No, I, I'm a political prisoner. I know what I am on this planet, but I'll explain <laughs> that to you guys later. <laughs> I'm a POW from a different war out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, we Joe and I kind of brought it up a few oh. times uh, last week, and I'd like to bring it up again, that if there are any other instances that we may have not touched on or forgotten about or that you would like to have talk, heard us talk about as a listener, please, by all means, send us an email, write us on the Facebook page, exactly. like, contact us, and we'll make sure to give you a shout-out, and we will address uh, the, the question. Definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'd love to hear from you guys, um, no matter what that is and how, how that is, and it seems like we're starting to get a good listener base going uh, for our shows right now. And right now we are at a estimated audience of about 29. So I'm guessing about 29 to 30 people a week right now listen. And would love to get those numbers up. But yeah, just give us, email us. In fact, I think this is a good enough segue to go into our how you can get a hold of us. Uh, Ray, why don't we start with you? How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under the Leo Effects, and uh, you can actually email me directly if you want, and that's the Leo Effects at gmail.com. Awesome. And Joe, where can people find you? You can get a hold of me at Joe Cahill, Director Producer on Facebook or Steamhouse Entertainment on just about every other platform. And if you want to go ahead and email me, you can do that at joe at steamhouseentertainment.com. Uh, All right. And as far as us here at War of the Stars, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can do so several ways, as Ray kind of hinted at. The easiest way to do so is through our email. Our email address is warofthestars1 at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at warofthestars one. And on Facebook, just go to facebook.com backslash War of the Stars, and you can get us a hold of us there. If you want to support the show, 
Uh, a couple ways you can do that. First and the easiest way is, of course, just directly on our Anchor page. Just go to anchor.fm backslash War of the Stars and press the support tab. Also, you can uh, yeah, you can also support us through our Patreon Patreon page. I can talk. Uh, again, it's patreon.com backslash war of the stars. And you can also hear us on almost pretty much every major platform for po- podcasts. There is Spotify, um, Google podcast, uh, just pretty much anywhere you can hear podcasts. Just type in war of the stars. You can hear us next week. We have a very, very, very special episode. Actor, producer, director, man by the name of Richard Stride is going to be on the show next week. He was Pe- Poggle the Lesser in the prequels. He was also the double for Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode two, I believe. I have to look that up again, but I believe it was episode two. Uh, he did that. And he also has a acting conservatory that he runs in the UK. So... That should be an interesting and fun discussion with Mr. Stride next week. So until then, fellow listeners, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next week, remember, the Force will be with you always.